praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with Valerie Laurie Ministries, proclaiming the Word of God. I am excited to be with you once again, and I welcome the listening audience to this podcast today. And so today we're going to be talking to you from the book of Matthew, and we're going to be coming from Matthew chapter number five. And I invite you to get your Bibles and that I also in advance ask you to share this podcast with someone. Tell somebody about the podcast because there is a work that we have to do in the earth for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and for our God, our Father. So let me talk to you a few minutes from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, and today we're just going to be able to cover um, a few verses, and so we're going to cover Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through uh, number 12, amen, verses 1 through number 12 of Matthew, chapter 5. So today, we're going to be studying the Word of God, and we're going to talk about increase. Hallelujah. Increase. If I were to say increase, everybody gets excited about increase because we all need increase. But let's look and see what God says here in His Word. And so we look at Matthew chapter 5. We look at it that when Jesus is here on the scene, that what has happened and transpired before He came We've had the fall of man in the garden and that the prophets and that the the scribes and the Pharisees have been preaching the word of God based upon the Old Testament scriptures. And what what we see is that over the course of time, over the course of time, people have added things into the Word of God that God didn't necessarily want to want to add, and so it's pretty much that the Word of the Word of God per the Old Testament was going, and there was the promise that the Messiah would come on the earth. But as you remember, if we play this game, and I can't remember what it was called, but what you would do is you would whisper in the ear of somebody uh, something, and then you would t- the next person would whisper it in the ear of somebody else, and then the next person would whisper it in the ear, and then the last person would tell what was said. And so the thing of it was is that how far did the message change from what was given to what was received at the end? That's one thing that was happening uh, in in the Word of God. The Word of God had been passed along and taught by different individuals. The prophets had come and tried to get Israel at that time to repent and to turn to the Lord, of which they would sometimes repent and turn to the Lord, and then they would go back to doing things their way. Because the teachings also of the Word had been passed along, by different ones along the way to the people. Things had also been added in or new interpretations had been given of what was said in the word that God did not mean. So 
Now it's time for Jesus to arrive on the scene. And so he has arrived on the scene, grown up, raised by his mother and his father. And now he has come of age and now God is presenting him into the earth because there was a plan that God had to reconcile man back to him, to put him in right standing back with him. The old covenant laws were not working. Man couldn't keep them. And so now Jesus has arrived on the scene. But over the course of time, as you know, God can see all things and he knows what is and what is not working. And so he sent Jesus to put us back into right standing with the Father. And so Jesus had his work cut out for him. Anytime things have gone a certain sort of way over a long course of time, there is some undoing that has to be done. There is some tearing down that has to be done and some rebuilding that has to be done. And so the the starting of his ministry, he was a shock unto the world when he came in with his doctrine. When he came in, people flocked to hear him because he and God always were one. God the Father, God the Son. And so the, the mission of Jesus Christ was to come and to present the kingdom of God to the earth. So the kingdom of heaven had come down in the form of Jesus Christ, who was human and who was deity. And so he had come down. He had his work cut out for him because he had to change the mindset of the people. Even though there were some people who were living right, there were some people who were living with mixture, there were some people who were teaching the word of God for profit for themselves. Jesus came to set things right and to get the word of God out to the people. And so here it is that he's come on the scene. And the Bible says that in Matthew chapter 1, in verse 1, it said, And seeing the multitudes. And he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And so here it is that in this first part of the scriptures, it talks about seeing the multitudes. And when I see seeing the multitudes, we look at a geographical location that you can see the multitudes. I remember growing up and having a dream as a child that one day when I had a dream about the Lord and seeing the Lord, this was before my salvation, that I looked out and in the dream, as far as I can see, I was looking out of a window in my house that I lived in. And so as far as the eye could see, <clears throat> there was nothing but people, just millions and millions of thousands and thousands of people. So many people that all you could see was the people. You couldn't even see the grass. You couldn't see the land, but you could see the people gathered together standing. And at this point of time, they were just standing and they were just there meshed all together. And so I imagine that as I saw that in my dream, 
that the multitudes that Jesus could see in that geographical location were pretty much the same because people were coming because they had heard that there was Jesus and the multitudes were coming to him because he had something different that was being poured out. He had a doctrine that seemed to be different, that was different, that wasn't as the scribes had taught, that weren't as the Pharisees had taught. And so it is that they were coming to hear the Lord. God had looked out on his people and he knew what the needs of the people were. And so there had to be a mindset and a change that was brought about into the people. And so we're talking about when Jesus saw the people, he saw them physically. But in that instance, he also and he also saw them spiritually. He saw what they needed. And so he came with a word from God as he went up onto that mountain. No speakers like we have now, no microphones like we have now. And so when he went onto that mountain to speak, the wind of God carried his voice so that the multitudes were able to hear what he was saying unto them. So the, the, the wind of God was his amplifier. His voice amplified out to the crowds and they sent attentively and they listened. The Bible declares that when he was set, when the time was right, as they had gathered there. And then it says his, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying. And this is what we want to get into. He taught them. He had already was prepared to minister unto the people, because he had sat at the feet of his father, and so whatever came out of his mouth would be that of the Father. Whatever came out of his mouth would be that a sent word from God. It would be a word that could come in and that could change life. It would be the rivers of living water that would be flowing out of him as he opened his mouth and he taught the people. And he, the crowds... If you can imagine, the crowds would be like those that if we were in an arena or if we were in a stadium and we went out to see the music artists or we went out to see the movie stars, he would teach them. And you can imagine in your mind the massive crowds that it would be and his voice amplified. And he began to talk to them about blessed. He began to talk to them about being blessed. And he said unto them, because he's got to put it in them, about the increase that the Lord wants to bring to them. He's seen them in the spirit, and he knows the assignment of his father. And so he says in the third verse of Matthew chapter 5, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. For theirs is the kingdom of God. 
Blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So when it's the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. The kingdom of God was right here on the earth to speak to them. And he is presenting the kingdom of heaven, presenting the kingdom of God. Amen. Down here on the earth. Increase. When the word bless, bless means increase. God's got something that he wants to bring to us. God's got something that he wants to benefit us by. And he's benefiting us by teaching and teaching that word of God. He wants to bring increase. I remember when Oprah Winfrey was on television and she had the Oprah Winfrey show. There would be times when she would do these great giveaways. And I just remember them saying, when she would give away cars, you get a car, you get a car, and you get a car. We are very familiar with that type of increase. Because when we think of increase, we think in terms of houses. We think in terms of land. We think in terms of tangible things that we can touch. God is wanting to give us those tangible things but God also has to come in and give us those things also that are things that would cause us to act in right ways with him, right standards with him. Because he knew that we would need more than just tangible things to be productive in the earth and to be those who dominate and come and produce things that are going to be for the welfare of ourselves and for the welfare of mankind. So God has to get in the heart. And so because God has seen the thing over the course of years, what we need, he has to get in and to change that mindset that we have. Our first, our first draw to what we need for increase is we need to be set in right standard and right relationship with God. We need to be drawn to the things of God. So he says that he would bless uh, the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's teaching and he's trying to give them increase in the spirit. He's trying to give them the word of God so that it will be engrafted in because where we want to go ultimately is when we leave this earth, we want to be able to go and be with our father, to be able to go and live with him. But before we can live with him, there is an expectation from God that we can walk out heaven here on the earth that our spirits can be transformed by, that our souls can be transformed by the word of God, by the renewing of our minds. That we can take on the word of God as it is presented to us. There's a song out, it talks about, we need a word from the Lord. And 
one of the lyrics and it says just one word from the Lord will remove all doubts and cause the sun to shine and give us peace of mind. Now God wants to let us benefit, have that increase that comes from the word of God, that on the inside of us, the multitudes that had come to Jesus, you imagine that the Pharisees, some of them were here and maybe some were here to listen. Maybe some were there to learn. Maybe some were there to judge. And we know that they were judged because they were always judging Jesus. But on the other side of it, the, the multitudes, people flock to hear when there is something better, when there is something that would change their life. And when you have been down and out, your spirit a lot of times is cast down. People who had diseases were cast down. People who had diseases were often ostracized. The poor were ostracized sometimes and looked down upon. And so what the spirit of the man could be cast down. And here it was that the multitudes were flocking because there was sickness, there was poverty, and they were looking for an answer. And so the Lord God Almighty, Son of God, was here with a word. And they were like birds that had their mouths open, ready to receive what thus saith Jesus Christ. They were looking for a Messiah. They wanted to come out of being of uh, being having the Romans over them. They wanted to have a better way. And so they were hungry for something better. And here it was that Jesus was feeding them the word of God. He says in that fourth verse, he says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. In this 2022 year and over these past, probably now going into three years, at least this two, we know and have seen death across the land. Death has been across the land uh, because of the coronavirus, but death is across the land also because of all the things that are happening in our world. The world keeps turning and by things that just happen on a natural basis or accidents that happen, we know what it is to mourn. We know what it is to have loss. But in these last times, we know what it is to have losses because of people and evil that is in the land. People going out and doing mass shootings and killing children in our schools killing people in supermarkets, killing people in churches. There is a lawlessness in the land. So we know what it is to mourn. We know what it is to mourn that type of loss when it comes through death. But God says in his word that he's going to bring us up. He's going to increase us from mourning because it says, blessed are they that mourn. When you mourn, your heart is broken. When there are losses of other things, sometimes we can mourn losses of relationships and the person can still be alive. We can mourn the losses of jobs because we think that that 
thing that we lost is going to sustain us. But there is a comforter that we have. Just as I said, I saw the multitudes in the dream that I had. Masses upon masses of people. Look at what God sees when he looks at the earth. Look at what Jesus sees when he looks at the earth. He sees every last one of us the morning that we all have over something. And he is going to give us the comfort that we need. The Holy Ghost is our comforter. And he comes in and he speaks to us the words of God. He helps us to be able to go through what we go through in life. There's the promise that we will be comforted by God. You can believe and stand on his word because he's trying to show us those things that we need to be able to get the increase that we need from God. He says in verse number five, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. A lot of times when there is a meek person, people think that meek people are pushovers. But meek people are not pushovers. You can be meek but strong. And not even have to raise your voice because you're going to stand solidified with the word of God. The dictionary describes or defines meek as being quiet, as being gentle and submissive. The benefit of meekness is that you will inherit the earth. With submission to God, you gain back dominion on the earth. When we submit to God, Jesus gave us that dominion when he came and he died on that cross and he put us back in right standing with God. But when you are meek in the spirit and you submit to God the way that you're supposed to submit to God, you realize that that's, that dominion has been given back to you from Jesus Christ. Although he's given it back to us, we don't all walk in it. But when you submit to God and he is talking to you, God is ministering to your spirit. God is building you up. You realize what God has given you. There is a quote by Jeffrey B. Wilson, and he says that meekness is the mark of a man who has been mastered by God. So Jesus gives us that ability. He is a sovereign God. He can do in the earth what he wants to do. And God, by giving us Jesus in his sovereignty, he put us back into right standing with the Father. So God also gave that us that ability to be able to make decisions as to whether we're going to live by the word of God or whether we are not. But when we choose to live correctly and choose to live by what God told us to do, then we walk in this earth and we dominate the earth. We speak to things and when we live connected to God, we speak to him and things manifest. When we speak in line with the word of God and we are walking righteous in that word of God, we can speak things and they begin to happen. God has given us 
all an assignment on the earth. And we have authority from God. We have authority from God to do certain things in the earth. And we got to recognize that authority that we have been given from God. I can speak a word. And it is the power of the word of spoken word of God that has the power. I use my voice to speak it. I speak it with the authority that God has given me. And because God's word never loses his power, it activates and it does what it is sent out to do. God has set man here and he said that he wanted you and I, 2022, to occupy until he comes. He wants us to, this earth, we are earth because we were scooped up out of the earth and we live on earth. And so God wants us to dominate, to rule the earth. And then he said a calling. You have a calling on your life. You have a calling to him, but God has also called you to assignment. Just as Jesus was sent to the earth to present the kingdom of God, you too have been sent to the earth. Let me read this scripture here, Proverbs 29 and 2. It says, when the righteous are in authority, when the righteous are leading, the people rejoice. But it also says, when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. There's a mourning in the land. Too much is going on because we are not making right choices. The beginning of success is to make right choices, to make right choices. God is calling some of you now to positions of authority. He's placing you because the kingdom of God needs to be presented. Get in your right position with God where he's called you. He needs you in government. He needs you in the FDA. He needs you in the school systems. He needs the preachers to arise and to begin to preach the gospel. He needs more of people doing podcasts such as what I'm doing. He needs you in the police force. He needs you in the army. He needs you all across the land. He needs the mothers who are called to be homemakers. And don't feel just because you're a homemaker that you're any less than anybody else because you are raising children who are going to be our next leaders. And unless they have the right type of raising, they can grow up to be the wrong kind of men, the wrong kind of women. We are so interconnected because God is telling us when you got the right people in authority, there will be a rejoicing, but there will also be when the wicked bear rule the people will mourn. He's talking from the mountain and he's speaking to the multitude. He says in verse number six, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. You gotta be hungry for God. Amen. You gotta want God. And by this time, 
probably plenty of us want something better. We want some shifts and some changes and some turns in our life. We got to be hungry and thirsty from God. God wants to give you increase. He says, blessed are you when you hunger. Because if you hunger, you're going to get that increase. When you want God, he promises to fill you. And God will feed you from his table. Jesus is feeding this multitude from the table of God. I had, I have a nephew. He's grown now. But when he was a child, he could talk a little bit. And when he would get hungry, he would tell his mama this. He would say, ready to eat. And so he would tell her, ready to eat. And if she didn't move, he say, ready to eat. And he said a little bit louder, she didn't move fast enough, ready to eat. And then he said, ready to eat now. Ready to eat now. He's little, it was so funny. Ready to eat now. And so we're supposed to be saying, ready to eat now. Ready to eat now. Ready to eat now. That's the cry of the person who doesn't have any more options. That's the cry that we ought to have. Ready to eat now. Meaning I'm ready to eat, Lord, at your table. I'm ready to eat at your table. Jesus knew that the people were thirsty. They were thirsty for a living word from God. They were hungry for the food from God because they he knew their experiences. He knew what they had been through. Isaiah 55 and 1 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. Let your soul delight itself in my fatness. We're in a time right now where money doesn't go like it used to go. We know what situation we're in now. High prices in the supermarkets. High prices with gas, high rent, high everything. And you're wondering how to make ends meet. He said in Isaiah, that was Isaiah 55, 1 and 2 I read to you. And we working, and we working for things that sometimes just don't satisfy us. We got to come and be hungry for God. Ready to eat now, God. Ready to eat now, God. Show me the better way, God. Show me, God, how to make my life work. God, feed me that bread that comes from heaven. Feed me the word of the Lord, God, so that my life will go to how it needs to go. I'm talking to everybody, really. I'm talking to single mothers. I'm talking to those that are in jail. Ready to eat now. 
I'm talking to those laying on the hospital bed, ready to eat now. I'm talking to marriages, husband and wives that don't get along, ready to eat now, God, ready to eat now. I'm talking to those who feel abandoned, ready to eat, ready to eat, Lord, ready to eat, Lord. Help me, Lord. That is the cry of those who are ready to eat. Isaiah 55 says, and three, it says, incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of God. Incline your ear. You ready to eat now? Hear what thus saith the Lord. I'm ready to eat, Jesus. You're feeding me from the mountain. I am in the multitude. Oh, God, I'm in the multitude of the earth, and I'm hungry for you, Lord. Lord, feed me from the table of God. Lord, set a table out in the midst of my enemies. But, God, what I want to go is I want to be with you, Lord, in the in my life hereafter. But right now, God, I got to live here on the earth, God. There's a work that you have for me to do, God. I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to eat, God. Feed me that bread that comes from heaven. God, let me drink at the fountain, oh God, so that I will never thirst again, God. Oh Lord, let that rivers of living water flow out of my belly, God. Oh God, just as it's flowing in these beatitudes that Jesus is speaking from the mountain, Lord, let me hear what you're saying in 20 and 22. He says in verse number seven, because we're talking about blessed and we're talking about increase, but he has to come in and shift some things in us to get us to the way that we are supposed to be. Verse number seven, he says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. So the increase from being merciful is that when you give mercy, you're going to get mercy. Amen. When you give mercy, you're going to get mercy. The greatest example that we have of mercy being given is when Jesus died on that cross for us. The mercy that we got is that he died for us on that cross when we were yet in our sins. We were yet in our sins. He died on that cross. He had compassion on us. Even though he had done no wrong, he had forgiveness on us. He gave us forgiveness. He had done nothing wrong. Mercy is when you got compassion or forgiveness that you show towards somebody when it's within your power to punish them or harm us. Now, if you were to look at you or I were to look at me, we know we jacked up sometimes. Sometimes we get it right and sometimes we just don't get it right. God acts with us with mercy when he heals us. Sometimes we're sick by no fault of our own, but sometimes we're sick because we did foolish choices. Sometimes he alleviates our suffering because sometimes this is the mercy of God 
that he could just let us go on because sometimes we suffer because of stupid stuff that we did. Sometimes we need to be confident because of stupid stuff that we did. Amen? Sometimes we're in distress because of stupid stuff we did. But that's the mercy that God has on us. That's what Jesus was trying to get them to see. You got to have mercy on folks. You need to show mercy on people. And in this time of the uh, Pharisees and scribes and the teachers, sometimes they didn't have mercy on folks. Sometimes they looked at folks and judged them. Sometimes folks will look at you and judge you and laugh at you and talk about you. But he's trying to show, have mercy. God is a God of mercy. In the book of Jonah, Jonah was told to go and preach to the Ninevites because of the sins that they had. And he knew that God was a God of mercy. He didn't want to go and do it. This is what he said in book of Jonah 4 and 2. He said, and he prayed unto the Lord because Jonah was running from doing his assignment. Jonah did his assignment and the Lord uh, saved the people because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And this is what Jonah said about God. And we're talking about the mercies of God. We're talking about the increase that we need. Jonah said, in Jonah 4 and 2, he said, And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and a merciful God, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. So if my people, God says, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. So if we were to just humble ourselves before God, he is so merciful. I know that all of you know the mercies of God. All of you know you was jacked up. All of you know, even with your saved, sanctified self right now, that sometimes you still mess up and you jacked up. You know it. I know it. But God's got that mercy on us. Hallelujah. He's got that mercy on us. Thank you, Jesus. He's got a mercy on us that no man can take away. I used to, as children, we used to think that when we did anything wrong, we was going to get struck down by a lightning bolt. But that was the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Somebody out there ought to say, Lord, think back over your life and say, thank you, God, for your mercy. Let's go on to verse number nine. And it says, blessed are the pure. Excuse me. Let's go to eight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure in heart, what's the increase? You're going to see God. Amen. Your heart needs to be pure before God. God, Jesus, even though you have done wrong things in your life, the shedding blood of Jesus, when you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, he washes your sins away. He gives you back the purity that you need, even though you know that in your past, you have lived a sinful life. But his, his blood washes your sins away. One example that we have of purity is children 
children were born in sin, but the magnitude sin, the magnitude of sin, they don't have that on them like some of us would have had on us before we were redeemed and and washed and cleansed with the blood of Jesus. But you all hear the stories of children saying that they have seen angels and things of that nature. That's because of they are innocent and they they are primarily they are pure. And so they they can see over into other realms. People don't believe them sometimes and think it's this imaginary stuff. But there have been stories of children seeing angels. But when we are pure before God and our hearts are pure, God is definitely going to come to people who walk in a purity. And so that puts us in the presence of God. When we are pure and we are doing what we uh, know to do in God and we are praying and we're covering ourselves with the blood and we're trying to walk in that fellowship with God, you are that righteousness of God. Purity comes out in these ways. You don't have to tell people that you're pure. When you are pure and you are living holy, it's going to come in out in what you do. Purity is going to come out in who you are. It's going to come out in your conduct. You're going to be honest. You're going to be transparent. You got these scriptures working in you. You're going to walk away from things where you use tricks and schemes and dishonesty. Because you're walking in that holiness and that purity that comes from God. Purity, walking in the word of God, not wanting to mix up your faith, the faith that you have in God with with the things of this world. You try to avoid and resist temptations that will cause you to act out of your character. You try to make your choices by the standards of God. You try to control yourself and love people and respect people and serve others. Watch uh, trying to be high-minded and lifted up in pride and thinking you better than other folks because you got more or you look better than somebody else. And, and you don't look down on other people. You want to make for peace with other people. You want to pursue God and you just want to be like God. When you walk in purity... It helps you with uh, your health. It helps you with you not being falling to stumbling blocks. Uh, It helps you to know what is of God and what is not because your spiritual discernment, because your connection with God, your walking with God is growing. And he's speaking to you and telling you, no, don't, don't do that. Or, yeah, I want you to do that. And you stepping out on faith. You're building up in God. You're beginning to walk in that purity that is being poured out to you at your, your, when you got saved. But every day you're waking up with a brand new load of mercies from God. Brand new and fresh help from God. And you're walking out your purity because you're changing. 
He knew the people had to change. These were qualities that would be needed on the earth. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Who were the peacemakers that we know in our time? Dr. Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi. They wanted to bring about unity. Jesus gave us that example that he was a peacemaker here on the earth, trying to put man back in peace with God, to put man back into fellowship with God Almighty. Psalms 133 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Oh, that we wish that for the people in Ukraine. Oh, that we wish that for the people that are walking in the United States. He says in Psalms 33, verse 1, I read it again. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. Peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers. And what is the increase that you're gonna get? When you are a peacemaker, you're gonna be known as the children of God, amen? Peacemakers are one who actively try to reconcile people to God and to one another. If you stop and you look at preachers and I'm here on this podcast, by that definition, we are peacemakers because we are trying to get you reconciled so that you can live that abundant life that was in John 10, 10, that you can live that abundant life that he wants you to live. Amen because we're trying to reconcile you to God and reconcile you to people. Romans 14, 19 says, so then we pursue things which make for peace and the building up of one another. We need to be pursuing that in our government, what's gonna make for peace, what's gonna build up one another. Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, to be at peace with all men. We need to be at peace with each other and make sure that you as an individual are keeping peace in your heart, that you make the choice to do right. Amen, amen, amen. We're talking about that increase of God. Jesus spoke on that mountain. He was speaking on that mountain in verse number 10. He said, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. What's, and he said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is your increase that you're going to get from being persecuted for righteous sake? You're going to get that kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. Persecuted. You're going to be subject to hostility. You'll be, you'll be treated wrong because of your faith. You'll be harassed and punished that it can cause you to grieve or cause you to have affliction. You're going to be suffering for right. You're still going to be blessed. The enemy is going to mean it for evil, but and he's going to do it on intention, but God is going to do it on intention to bring good to your life when you persecute it. 
your increase is the kingdom of heaven. Your increase for an eternal home. Your increase is going to come because God is going to help you by stepping in and intervening here in your life. And then he goes on a little bit further. And this seems that it's going on even further with the persecution. Let's go to verse 11. We're getting ready to wrap this up. It says, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So when they can't come up with nothing on you, they start lying on you. They lied on Jesus. They bought in witnesses who told lies on Jesus. Couldn't even get their stories straight. Amen. And so you are not above your master. Jesus is the one who was teaching. We're not above him. So we are like him. So when they can't get you uh, and persecute you just for righteousness sake, they'll start lying about you. But great is your reward that's waiting for you in heaven. When they revile you and criticize you in an abusive and an angry, insulting manner. When folks want to lie on you and they can't find fault with you, so they make up stuff. But don't you know, but this causes a great reward to come to you when you steal through lies and through persecution, through them treating you all kind of ways, through them casting you aside like a piece of dung, through them beating you and killing you, that through all of this, don't you know that there is a great reward 2022 great reward for you when you take a stand up against evil when you take a stand up against what God says must be done and then when you stand when you fighting to do what God says to do and other folks saying you ought not you need to come over here on my side come over here on the side of this side and come over here because that side got what's right. But when but when all of the stuff that folks do to you and they lie to you, they persecute you, but this causes you to get a great reward when you live holy. 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 When you live holy. He says in verse number 12, he says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. He's teaching this multitude. He's taught them what thus saith the Lord. Standing on this mountain, I've taught you what thus saith the Lord here on this podcast. And somebody heard what I had to say. Somebody heard the spirit of the Lord in what I had to say. Hallelujah. I see you sitting there at your table listening. I see you that you're sitting there and you're listening at what I have to say. And I feel your pain. I hear those who cry in the midnight hours. And they're trying to figure out how do I make ends meet. 
Listen to what he's saying. Blessed are you. He wants to bring increase to your life. Listen to the voice of God. He wants to bring increase to your health. He wants to bring increase to you learning about him and coming into fellowship with him. God wants you to be blessed. Blessings overflowing in your life spiritually. Blessings overflowing in your life financially. Overflowing blessings in your relationships. Overflowing blessings on your job. Overflowing blessings in your home. Overflowing blessings in your ministry. Overblowing, overflowing blessings in the work that God has assigned to you. He wants to give all of us increase. So listen to what God is saying. Listen to what God is telling you to do. And let God change your life. Amen. 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 So let's have a word of prayer and I'm getting ready to close out. Amen. I hope that something that I have said on this podcast will be a benefit to you. But let's seek our Father. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who have listened to the podcast today and we give you praise. Father God, in the name of Jesus, let them receive this word of God, O Lord that it will be a benefit to them, O God, and let them share this podcast with somebody else so that they will benefit as well. Lord, we love you and we believe you, God, that you are the God of increase that will touch every area of our life, O God, that where we need your help, God, you're going to God, give us that increase that we need, O God, in that area. Father, we thank you right now. Father, If there is anybody out there who does not know you, Jesus Christ is personal Savior, pray this prayer with me. Lord, come into my heart. I believe that Jesus is the Savior and that he died on Calvary's cross for me and he shed his blood for the remission of my sins. Please wash me in your blood, Lord, and save my soul. And if you have prayed this prayer, then welcome to the family. If you meant it from your heart, I encourage you to go and uh, get into fellowship with a church and hear where the word of God is being taught. And if you don't know where you can go, that you can find a church that's open during the pandemic, listen to people that are on the uh, television and listen to my podcast and share my podcast. Amen. 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 Well, I have enjoyed the opportunity and the privilege to be able to bring this podcast to you. And I hope that it has been a blessing to you. And just remember that God wants to bring you increase. Until we meet again, be blessed and bye-bye.